0: Centric
1: podcast with Rafi and Clee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about making time. We're going to talk about time, art, all that stuff. Uh, basically, trying to figure out ways to give yourself more time to be able to juggle your art with the time that you do have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is going to be a really interesting. Um this is going to be an interesting podcast because right now I am going through a process where I'm reevaluating and figuring out stuff and I know that if you guys have been following me for a while you know that this is something that comes up every once in a while where there is like reevaluation where you start looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. So in this podcast I want to share some stuff with you that things that I'm thinking about in this process in order to give myself more time in the studio. As you know, we recently bought a house. And by recently, I mean about two years ago, we bought this house Mm -hmm. and moved in, opened an art studio and, you know, the whole nine yards. And there's still a lot of work that needs to happen with the house. So in my art career before this, uh, it was basically the art, studio was in you know our whole house our whole apartment was an art studio and everything that happened uh creatively would happen in this you know this room so basically you woke up in the morning and you were in an art studio so there was usually you guys have heard me say this before where like I work on several works at once so every morning I get up have my coffee walk into the studio and there was artwork waiting for me to work on it
0: we were also renting yeah and we were also in such a tight space that we were doing very minimal hosting um
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so things have changed on the family end over time things have changed as far as home ownership and things things are ever evolving. So you guys know, a lot of you guys know that once a year we do a major, usually around somewhere in January, February, we do a major um, brain dump of everything we do and evaluation and overhaul. But sometimes you have to revisit that more than just once a year.
1: I would say that if you if you're looking at what you got going on and you are finding yourself stressing out, then it's time to reevaluate. Reevaluate, Because obviously anybody here that is flirted with burnout or has experienced full-on burnout knows how easily that could turn your creativity into a big pile of junk. Mm-hmm. Like it just – it doesn't mm-hmm. work. And instead of looking forward to doing stuff, it almost feels like, A, oh, God, there's all this stuff I have to do. And B – I never can do enough to get it done. That's a really bad place to be so yeah let's talk let's talk a little bit about revaluation and why that's important and By the way, you guys, if you're listening to this at home, we have our amazing rogue artist family here with us and so if we you hear us reading comments uh, of their great insight questions, anything that they share with us then that's where it's coming from. We're yeah. not just talking to ourselves. They
0: make this podcast excellent. They do
1: indeed. They this do is indeed. a
0: great use of our time. Yes, it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the I think to myself that when... So recently, here's what's going on uh, right now, right? So... Um, along with getting the studio set up, the studio is in a place where it's set up. And I, if you've been listening, uh, you know that recently we had the issue with the back getting in. So I had to do a lot of maintenance where I was like covering up holes in the studio to make sure that no critters were getting in. And then uh, some of you that have been following us for a while, for a long time, Know that in Pensacola, Florida, after the hurricane, we had an issue with the small gnats getting in, mm-hmm.
0: the forehead <clears throat>
1: flies, right? Clee uh, called them poo, poo faces, poo faces, because they like things that are...
0: I've called them all kinds of names. Yes,
1: they're, they're, We're not going to talk about <laughs> the names that they get called... But um, what happened was that some of the windows that led down into the basement were partially open, so there was a lot of leaves and debris. And so, like, next thing you know, the studio here is full of these. Of those
0: buggers. Those bugs. Especially right now because it's been hot and humid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like, all right. Well, I get to go ahead into the studio now. There's the, all this maintenance. Now I got to do this window maintenance, and I got to figure out what to do with the w- window wells. And of course, that's just you could chalk that up to home ownership, right? Um, the I would say that the most challenging part for me is balancing that with other things that are going on. I have a new book that's you know on the horizon that I want to release. And so I got to work on the book. And then we have our awesome rogue membership site that for some reason I can't get the bugs worked out. So every once in a while, I just find myself doing maintenance on the site. And, you know, anybody that runs like a large, you know, a large site like that knows that there's a lot of maintenance that needs to happen. The other part that I'm having a really difficult time with is messages, right? So Emails right now, at this point, I have 15 different places that messages come in on YouTube uh, via email and all this stuff, right? So it's like there, when you find yourself in a place where next thing you know, the things you're doing are causing you to spend a lot of time managing stuff versus doing stuff, then you know that you're running into issues, right? And if it is something that is attached to any kind of stress, right, where you find yourself stretching, stressing out about it, then, you know, for sure that it's something that you have to reevaluate. And it doesn't mean that you got to get rid of it completely, but it means that you have to, like, look and see, how can I make this easy?
0: Streamline.
1: Streamline it. Streamline or ditch it. (laughs) Exactly. Streamline or ditch it. Uh, Shan Shan says this month, lots of new peeps found my art and everyone wants something and I'm having a hard time saying no to keep my sanity. That is a very interesting one because that's, that was in, I want to say like in the beginning, that was one of the first things that happened. I started to get overwhelmed because um, I started to get popular. which
0: congrats on getting discovered yes. by people. It's a good problem to have, but it still is something to be looked at for sure.
1: Now one of my one of my fixes for that was to realize that when I started to get in demand, um, then it meant that it was time for my prices to go up. So basically any time that I've had spikes in popularity um, at that point, it's almost like uh, I would price my work a little bit higher. Like I'd go up a percentage to try and dissuade people from trying to order stuff for me. Which and, sometimes works. And which sometimes, sometimes works and sometimes it just makes things. It's surprising how some. there have been times where I've raised my prices and like next thing you know, like all of a sudden the demand goes up even more.
0: Um, Another thing to look at there is being really trying to be as realistic as possible with your timelines. I used to try to get everything completed and out the door for everyone, regardless of its complexity level within two weeks. And um, I found that that was just completely unrealistic for me. Um, and th- there are some cases where I can do that, and then there are other cases where I can't, but i I started by doubling my timeline for a lot of commission work. um so and and understanding that I can only really do like two to four commissions a month. So if I already have those in queue, uh that then now I okay, so then I'm looking at the next month and booking out for yeah. that. So at this point, like, for example, right now, anything that comes in at this point, I'm looking at November for, um, and, that's and, a, and it's being realistic about how much you can really do in a month.
1: That's a really good way to really look at that. Like When, when, you start, when demand starts going up, just increase your time because there are a certain mm-hmm. number of things that you could work on, especially if you're taking on commissions, but also your price. You know, mm-hmm. your your price gets to go up. It's it's called organic growth when it comes to price, where like when your demand goes up, the price goes up and it's that simple. It really is that simple. had said, I started my art career with fifteen minute blocks of time, now I'm finding it down <laughs> to five minute blocks. Yeah.
0: It can be that way, and it can be... So one of the things that can be hard to do when you're doing multiple things, which include having some semblance of a life also, is not focusing on the other things when you're doing a thing. So, like, if, if things are causing you so much stress that you can't not think about them while you are working on your art, then I think streamline... <laughs> streamlining our ditch <laughs> certain things but also I think practicing mindfulness is like it's not even recommended at this point it's like a requisite for running a business
1: and here's the thing let's let's talk about that a little bit because that's important So a lot of people, when they hear the word meditation, right, immediately you think like this whole esoteric uh, thing or like somebody sitting at a mountaintop and just connecting with their inner selves. And although there is truth to that, I'm not going to put that down. The reality is that. A lot of us don't have a handle on our stickman, on our brain, on our thoughts, things like that. We're just not trained to do that mm-hmm. um, in life. You know, you're kind of, you're kind of just trained to think what you think and think a that that's just reality and that's truth. And meditation is one of those things that trains the muscle of your brain, right? Your brain jar muscle. To focus on what you want to focus on. So, for example, sitting there focusing on your breathing and or on a sound or focusing on a spot or anything, whatever it is that you're focused on. And then these thoughts come in, right? You get the thoughts. And that's the the beauty of meditation is that you get to observe your thoughts coming in.
0: And you can be like... Not right now, I'm looking at birds. Yeah,
1: and it's like, just focus. Now, you make it sound easy, but it's not. It's not. You know, it's not easy. And a lot of people, I think that that's the problem, is that they sit down to meditate, they want to clear their mind, and when it doesn't happen, they feel like a big, fat failure. And that's, the the meditation is your thoughts coming in and you pushing them away, right? And people will use visualization like just pretend that it's a cloud and you're just blowing it away or whatever it is. And what that does is it trains you to focus on what it is that you want to focus on without those intrusive thoughts coming in. And obviously those thoughts are there and they're always going to be there, but it's – your way of being able to handle those things and say, you know what, this isn't what I'm thinking about right now. I am focused on this.
0: And I will say in my personal experience, being not not very practiced in this and not very good at it, if I'm being honest, but when I do make time for it, I handle everything better. Yeah, Like I am much more efficient. I'm much more productive. I'm less likely to... Be an emotional roller coaster, so like I feel like everything goes much smoother because of how I handle things when I'm practicing well, mindfulness, yeah,
1: and especially if you get your your day started like that because then you're kind of resetting the the block mm-hmm. right you're resetting the block, and you're then at that point reminding yourself that, okay, I get to focus on what it is that I'm gonna focus on today. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, you don't have to sit there and meditate for an hour, you know, like that's just not you could sit there for 10 minutes, five minutes, minutes, 15 minutes, uh, just as long as you're taking an active role in like, okay, let's do a little bit of brain training today and focus on what I want to focus on. That
0: way, when you are doing a thing, you can be fully Focus doing the thing, which is going to mean you're doing the thing more efficiently and you're going to find that you can do more things before you reach stress levels. Shan, Shan was saying, I was thinking of putting a cue on my site to give peeps transparency. I'm curious how you would visually depict the cue. Like, would it be the name of the project or would it be the name of the client? My, in my personal opinion, and this is just how I do things, Clients don't care about, nor do they want to hear about your other clients. Yeah. Um, They don't care. They only want to know how long their thing is going to take and what their process. So I've made it a point to never even mention other clients to my clients. I may on occasion say, I'm wrapping up some other commissions right now. So here's where I'm booking as far as that goes. But discussing anything further than that, I have avoided because it's really just telling people stuff they don't need to know kind of thing. Um,
1: In the spirit of this podcast, too, I am going to add that that sounds really good. You know, I've thought of doing something like that in the past, Shan Chan, and then I realized that that was just one more thing that I had to do. To
0: manage?
1: Yeah, so like whenever <laughs> right. you're thinking, whenever you're thinking of stuff like that, think of scaling up, right? And usually what I do is like, okay, so that works if I have one, two, or three people. What if all of a sudden I have a 100, right? And how am I going to manage that on my site? And for a lot of us, a lot of times it's hard to think, you know, I would have never thought when we got started that we would be where we're at in our, our career. Mm -hmm. And let alone, you know, be in that place with YouTube. Like I we weren't expecting anything to come from YouTube. No. Um, Barely anybody commented, you know, social media, same thing. And now I'm in a place where it's like, you know, because I didn't think of scaling up. Well, what if we get, you know, at this point now I am thinking about it. Well, what if we do have a million subscribers and the comments go up, you know, a thousandfold? Like, what am I going to do with that? Is
0: it feasibly scalable? And if you if you sit there and you think this is not scalable, then then is time to try and figure out a way to make it scalable
1: Or just
0: or cut it off.
1: Cut it off. Chan Chan
0: said, "I have a page. It's like blog style. What working on? So maybe just saying there when commissions will reopen. That's not a bad idea. That's a good idea. People do that. That's a good idea. Currently commissions are closed. Yeah, Um, they will resume. Yada yada. Yep." That's a great idea.
1: You could also, mm-hmm. if you have any kind of banner on your site, you could also add that
0: mm-hmm. on
1: the banner and give a prediction of when commissions might open up so that people could check back as well.
0: And most importantly, I think, is communicating with the individuals. And depending on your stress levels, <laughs> like it's going to affect it. An example, so you might have commissions that take you a month. You might have some you can do quicker. You might have some that take you an exceedingly long time. I've had commissions that took me two years to complete. I've had commissions that took me a year to complete. I've had times where I was really on top of communication because I was in a good headspace. I've had times where I was absolute garbage for communication and I can't believe that the clients weren't more frustrated. Um and so you go through your season. You go
1: through the you go through the process. <laughs> you go through the process. You know, and it, it's it's interesting because it all really has a lot to do with making that time for those specific things. Mm -hmm. Obviously, what we want is to get in the studio and create stuff. But you have to give yourself plenty of, you know, one thing that a lot of people forget, and, you know, I am horrible at this, and which is why there's revaluation going on right now, is one thing people forget is the time off. You know, uh-huh. and it doesn't mean that like you need to I need two days a week to get it, you know, like like the typical like job thing. You don't need to do that. But you do want to have it set up where your schedule is flexible enough that if you wanted to take two or three days off,
0: it wouldn't destroy you. It wouldn't ruin you. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Rafi
0: and I have opted in recent times. Recent times, I guess, means like a few years um, that we don't take days off, but we do take breaks during the day. Um, and so that's how we've been operating. And neither one of us has really felt like, oh, we need a day off really badly. Um, which I'll revisit in a second. We love what we do. So it's not like, oh, we need days off. So we do work seven days a week, but we also make sure we take breaks We make sure we enjoy coffee outside in the morning. We make sure that at some point in the evening, we are unplugged and we're no longer available via email and we're like, we're doing whatever we're doing. We try to aim for like early evening. Sometimes it's later in the evening, but we try to find a balance there. So rather than taking days off, we're taking breaks. But back to what you said if you have a system in place where taking one sick day or taking one day off completely destroys your workflow, that is unacceptable. And that is what we're kind of realizing right now is the case because we are juggling so much. There's a workshop in, in a month yeah, and there's we have, yeah. family stuff. There's a lot going on that I realize. like, oh, I have loaded up each day so much that one day missed is like it, it's a domino effect and that's what needs to be looked at and i think part of that has to do with how communication's flowing in and flowing out
1: part of it is is that you know a lot of a lot of what happens is that you start you start doing this thing and you get excited about other things or you think to yourself you know depending on where it comes from it could be from like your mind where you're like you know it would be really profitable is if i did this thing or like whatever it is And so you take on new and additional projects. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us getting started, it's like the idea of just working on a commission versus like experimenting with art or like working on a series that you're working on, that could be challenging. And if you don't have a handle on that, then like adding things, like let's say that you're a multi creative and you want to add books and music and different things like that, you Mm -hmm. do have to also add in time for you. You know, for example, right now we have some friends that are in town. Uh, we'll have some friends in town in a late couple of weeks. Late September. So it's like looking at the schedule right now, I'm like, well, shit, we don't have, you know, we have a workshop that we're getting ready for. I want to release a book. We've got these other things. You're working on a song. We've got studio things going on. So mm-hmm. it's like there's just no time for taking time to not do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable.
0: Yeah. That essentially means that we have, we have pushed it too far. And here's the thing that I've observed is we'll, we'll scale it back. Like just about every year we scale it back and then we try to build in two days off into the weekly schedule Understanding that on occasion we're going to fill those days with business-related stuff. But the idea is, like Mary was saying, to take that time for domestic arts, Mm -hmm. like dishes and laundry and yard work and groceries, and also taking time for self-care and also taking time to just go out, you know, go around town or go somewhere and then little by little, we will fill those days with business-related stuff because they're wild card days. And in our efforts to get ahead of the game, we'll, like, oh, we've got these two days, so we can just, like, yeah. throw that on there. And
1: then next thing you know, we add uh, days that are, um, you know... In between those days, and next thing you know, we don't have any days that are left to like do stuff, you know, to, to just be like, you know what, I'm not doing anything today.
0: I would say that's the thing we've been the worst at is like filling up our wild card days uh, with stuff, being really lackadaisical, not protecting the wild card time.
1: I think if there's anything really that we want to get across in this podcast is that the being an artist or you know taking on additional projects and letting your life you know as a creative flow into the directions where like creativity is this thing that flows with you you know that part of that is managing and There is a big chance if you're anything like me, and I guarantee you that you guys, you know, you're going to be variations of the same thing because it's just the way that society is where it's like when you're working, you're working. You know, this is on. And that's the thing. Even till this, like right now, a lot of jobs require you to take work home with you. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really get days off. Sure. On paper, you're not getting paid for Saturday and Sunday, But Saturday and Sunday, chances are there's a portion of that day that you're working on stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to fall into that mentality, especially when you are an entrepreneur where you're working for yourself, right? You're going to want to fill every single gap in with necessary components of what needs to happen.
0: Shan Chan wants to know, <clears throat> what about balancing stuff do like commissions and experimenting? Like, what is your ratio of time given to each? Uh, I would love to tell you that it's 50-50, but how it's been for me for the past several years is 90% commissions and 10% experimenting. And I would like to get that down to like, commissions and 25% experimenting and perhaps even 50-50 at some point. I would
1: say for me, it's not like that. For me, it really depends, you know, because like I'm not going to, you know, I may have a, a lot of the commissions that I'll have are like my made to order, like the prints and stuff like that. And that will take me a couple hours to work on. But while I'm working on that, I usually have several other pieces going and I It really depends. If I've got a few commissions, then it'll be like maybe 70% commissions and uh, 30% experimentation. If I have one commission, then it's just, you know, that one commission and the rest of it is just me creating. So it it shifts. And that for me has always been the healthiest way to deal with it. Like when I have a lot of commissions, knock out my commissions. Um, And the in-between space in the studio is always just working on experimentation.
0: Now, one of the fun built-in ways that you can kind of have your cake and eat it too is to take some challenging commissions. So, like, a lot of my commissions have experimentation built into them because I'm doing something that I haven't done before. So then in that case, it's kind of both, right? Like, I get to try something, see how it goes. Build a prototype uh, before I build the final thing. And so, in that way, I'm kind of ticking both of those boxes. But it really does depend on how you work and what your workflow looks like, because my workflow is different from (laughs) Rafi's. So, like, I have less experimenting than I would like to, but at the same time, I do get. In there,
1: well, some of the commissions you have now are like major, they're all experimentation, they're all experimentation. So, Mm -hmm. that's and that's one of the reasons, too, that I will say when you're taking on commissions, make sure that it is something that you want to work on. And I get it, you guys. You know, when you're starting your art career, ideally, you want to say yes to as much as you can, right? Because you're building your foundation, but also. You want to be uh, specific about what kind of commissions you take on.
0: Valerie said, "I'm having such a hard time with my art biz and my full-time corporate side hustle. I need to reevaluate for sure, but absolutely struggling with how to make this work." And that's
1: a thing, Valerie. The the fact is that, like, there when you have a corporate side hustle. Right. And for anybody that's listening to this that doesn't know what a corporate side hustle is, that's your job. Your J-O-B. Yeah. So if you have a corporate side hustle, you know, you have limited time um, to work on your art career. And that's where you want to be very specific. And I think that that's the important thing, right? Because what happens to a lot of us is that we hem and haw like – Like, I'll give you an example. Doing the YouTube videos don't stress me out whatsoever. They don't stress me out. I know exactly what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, what's going to happen there. Um, Working in my studio, working on commissions doesn't stress me out. I spent, you know, all that process, all those years um, dealing with stress and, like, reducing the, the amount of stress that happens with that. What I what I am stressed out about is the stuff that I don't have a handle on. And so you know that you with with a schedule like that where you have maybe a schedule that's locked in stone, what might be beneficial for you is to also give yourself a schedule when it comes to your art career. You've heard us before say, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm I'm not good with schedules, but that's because we fully work for ourselves. But if I, on days like today, where we have a podcast at two o'clock, a live stream at six, today things are scheduled, right? I have work that needs to happen um, that is part of the membership site and things like that that needs to happen by by noon so that we're ready for this stuff. And if I have any studio stuff to do, then it's going to happen between this time and this time. And then I make it a point to get in there. So when it comes to that where you have where you do have some kind of schedule that requires you to go somewhere else then you're going to want to tack on your creative schedule to that Right. Mm-hmm. So things things like that, like, you know, answering email and stuff like that happens after coffee, whatever time coffee happens.
0: One of um, so actually, I know a couple of people that do this. Uh, our neighbor who was had a full time uh, J.O.B. for her whole life doing like some seriously dangerous, laborious work. She would always so she had it scheduled out where she would go in in the afternoon uh, to the J.O.B., and she said basically i devoted the mornings to the to the art and then the job got whatever i had whatever left whatever
1: was left over another yeah another
0: one of our rogue fam kind of rearranged it where like her art time begins at like 4am and then stretches until she goes into like the corporate side hustle yeah um because she knows that she's most creative and inspired during the wee hours and so I think it's a good thing, too, to ask yourself when you are juggling, well, when am I naturally the most creative and inspired, and can I rearrange things around that Yeah. To, to work with that so that I'm not pulling away from or picking into that time where I want to be creative? For a lot of people, it's getting into it before you have to go like to outside land and do the J-O-B thing.
1: And what's really important, Valerie, is that you don't allow yourself to feel that the job is taking away from your creativity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's the emotional aspect of it could be really, could be a thing that really runs you down. Right. And it could be the reality of it, you know, but at the end of the day, it's mindset. It's like, am I going to allow my job to, um, Reduce my creative time because I am allowing myself to think that my job has that kind of power over my creative time. And that's all that all happens inside the mind. And really, it's only you that could determine, like, can I change my mindset about this or um, is it time for me to find a different side hustle? You know Sometimes, that's, that's yeah. gonna do, You know, but but really, it's for you for you to think about and determine.
0: Jenny said, "I have a mindfulness story. I was told to do one simple, repetitive thing while focusing to keep both parts of my brain focused as long as possible. I ate a whole rotisserie chicken and didn't realize. That's it.
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> I love that story. And also, I think this is the reason that I like um, physical, laborious tasks such as like mowing." Um, because mowing is a great opportunity for meditation. Dishes, Rafi likes dishes for meditation. And also there are some aspects of my studio work that are very meditative, like nodding pearls. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do grab those opportunities where I find them in daily life.
1: And I like to call it walking meditation. I think I did a video on this um, a couple years ago. Where it's like you take those things that like don't require you to like really think about the the thing that you're working on. Those things that are repetitive, like washing. I don't need to think about how I'm going to wash the dishes. That's mostly muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And so you take those moments and you instead of sitting there and being like, oh, now I have to do this or whatever, take those moments as a an opportunity to meditate to. Just clear your mind as much as possible, and just see what kind of thoughts are coming in because that 's the beauty. I love meditating because it really tells me what is the thing that I am like most focused on right now, what am I stressing out about mm-hmm. uh, i don 't need to stress out. these are the thoughts that are coming into my head, so it really allows you to to understand what's going on inside inside the brain jar.
0: Tempest said, picking work back up after vacation or a long weekend is super difficult for me, but the vacations are important in their own right. I need to get better about those transitions. The,
1: you know, and, and be easy on yourself because it's okay. Um, sometimes, I find it
0: difficult too.
1: Sometimes you need to build that momentum back up, but also what matters is that you allow yourself the space to do it. Because the, the, the mind is tricky. Like... We we can easily have the tendency to beat ourselves up about just about anything, right? So it's like you go on vacation and then your brain is going to be like, "Well, you should be working on blah blah." blah. Mm-hmm. Or you decide to take a day off and your brain is like, "Well, you should really be doing this." And it's like you took a day off for the for a reason, you know? You took a day off because you're like, "I'm tired" or whatever it is, and then you're going to sit there and beat yourself up. So it's it's really important to uh, second guess the stuff that your brain is telling you that you should do
0: most definitely i also try to if i'm coming off of a break whether it was scheduled or unscheduled i try to ease myself back in by doing like the easiest least like do the least to like dip a toe in and then like let momentum kind of gradually catch you
1: Valerie said exactly that emotional thing is real. Yes it is. I also have my first pop-up market this Saturday so I'm extra anxious. You're going to do great. You're going to do great. Um you know it if you weren't anxious about the market coming up, your first pop-up coming up, then you were doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is we still till this day like when we go and do a show and we've done I don't I can't even tell you how many, but it's probably over a thousand shows. We still will like get there super early because we want to get the lay of the land. You know what I mean? Like we want to we want to get our footing so that we feel comfortable Um, because we know we know that like anything could you could get somewhere and you're like well, where the hell am I supposed to park or like any of those things
0: you just never know when you're going to trip over a cactus that's yeah, how it, I like to say exactly,
1: it. exactly exactly which
0: I almost did before Rafi's Luna opening yes <laughs> Um, Lisa said, washing dishes is my time to listen to Rafi and Klee podcast. Inert Flow said, I love a quote from the Shaolin master. She and Ye, Hang Ye, I butchered that name. I apologize. Any mundane act should be an act of mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Like going to, for me, whenever I need to process information, I need to go for a walk. And it's usually just a walk. I'm just walking. And it's it's almost like it's an automatic mindfulness meditation. I'm looking around. I'm paying attention to what my thoughts are. I'm trying to get rid of them. And I'm just trying to, like, calm my thinking. And I do my best uh, sorting problems, not consciously thinking about stuff, just taking a walk and clearing my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Shanchan said, I am most creative in the early morning when there's dew and soft light. Why is it so inspiring? Mm. I think, um, obviously, it's just beautiful, right? So it puts us in like a calm, I feel like it's good for calm mindfulness and creativity. But also, I feel like there's that period of time when you first wake up where the whole day lies ahead of you and before you have a chance to overwhelm your stuff it feels like unlimited potential yeah before you
1: one of the things that i think i want to try and figure out is like so if there's stuff you know and and we do this full time so if there's stuff that i need to like figure out like respond you know like the businessy stuff you know, it's like, all right, well, I want to get, for me, I am most creative when I get into studio. Like, that's that's really the reality I of it. I guess
0: we've trained ourselves to we, kind of just switch trained, it on. Yeah, yeah. we've <laughs>
1: trained ourselves to switch it on because it's just how, how we've Which done it for you years. you can do if yeah. you
0: think you can't. You absolutely can.
1: Yeah, so for me, it's like, all right, well, let me get all this stuff out of the way. Um, preferably by eleven o'clock, so that now i 've got the rest of the day to do whatever it is that i 'm gonna do in mm-hmm. the studio and just be creative and so like that's you know and that 's obviously just an idea. I will get back to you and let you know how that works out for me but it's it's one of those things where you 're constantly kind of like you're you're figuring it out as you go, and I think you got to be easy on yourself it 's like all right, when am I most creative what when can I do this? Art uh, Marty says, my side gig ebb and flows, even temper that have energy and focus on art, art business stuff, because I think, well, the other gig is good money, hard to let go. Meditate on that too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like thinking about those things and really understanding that everything that has to do with your side gig, everything that has to do with your art, business, everything that has to do with those, those are your thoughts. And it's really comes down to your perspective. And what do you want your perspective to be? Obviously, if you're at a job, and it's a toxic situation, then you got to account for that, you got to take care of that. Or if you're in a toxic situation, you want to account for that. Um, But I would say that 90% of the time, just a switch in mindset will really, really help the way that you feel about whatever it is that you're doing. Like, I know that 90% of what I'm going through right now, feeling overwhelmed, is my mindset. So that'll be the first thing that I do when mm-hmm. I'm reevaluating. It's like, well, could I could I change my perspective on this to make it much more empowering?
0: And from that shifted perspective, you may come up with way better, you will come up with way better solutions. Like to streamline things, then you will from a place of overwhelm.
1: Exactly,
0: Uh Shan Chan said, "Oakley, so smart." Yeah, I think is true. Then you can relate it to the future slash life. So, I have a very clear understanding of what my ambitions are in the morning, and I have a very clear understanding of what my worries are at night, and that is my circadian rhythm. <laughs>
1: I would say in the evening or not in the evening, after coffee, you're clear of your ambition. Because I've gone downstairs sometimes and you're like, I don't know where I
0: am. I don't know where I am before coffee. No. In fact, I I wander around aimlessly sometimes. Um, And sometimes things get done as I wander. But it's very...
1: Subconscious?
0: (laughs) It's very subconscious. Um Jenny but,
1: said I save all my dishes for the morning because for some reason it's calming and an I, entryway
0: ent- to the day.
1: Yeah, that's funny. That's when so I'll pop in my audiobook and that's usually when I'm doing my meditation, and that's that's the best time for me is in the morning to wash dishes. I feel like I'm resetting my day. So I'll like wash dishes, fold fold the blankets that go onto a chair maybe mm-hmm. vacuum a little bit
0: it's the reason that I make our bed yeah. every day it's it's that feeling like done <laughs> and I like how it looks when I walk in there
1: inert flow said I, oh I love the quote uh, meaning if you're walking enjoy the walk if you're doing dishes feel the water the roundness of the dish simple mindfulness is a life goal yeah. Yeah, most definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Worker chores before coffee is reducing trauma and stress. Reducing trauma and stress. I think I read that differently in my mind, and then got confused. Um,
1: <laughs> Valerie says coffee is magic. Then coffee, yeah.
0: you can relax. I do putz around. Like while we're while I'm waiting for the coffee to do its thing, I will like water our plants, fold a blanket. Run some laundry upstairs, run some laundry downstairs, um, like do the little things that you don't really have to know where you are, think about too hard, make the bed.
1: I do quite a bit before coffee. I usually, um, get, get a few things done. I don't wake up like when I wake up, I might be a little bit tired and I'm looking forward to coffee, but I also like starting my day and getting things done, uh, before coffee. And then Then when it's coffee time, I get to sit down and enjoy coffee on the front porch with Klee. So that, you know, that's and that's the thing. It's like forming these different habits that make you feel um, feel good. That way, you know, if something is off, if you're like, I have not been able to get into the studio. And that's the thing, too, you guys, you got to. You got to be easy on yourself about that, too. So if you're not able to get into a studio, into your studio and work on some stuff because some things are happening, that's okay. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. But if you find yourself not feeling – if you find yourself like you feel like you can't catch up, then then you definitely have to reevaluate and make – and consciously look at that schedule and decide like, okay, what's going to work here and really – You got to decide what it's going to be for yourself. Like you would think a lot of people are like, "Rafi, a block schedule. I'm like, block schedules do not work for me. We tried it though. We tried it. We tried it. We tried it. We tried tried different variations of it. And the thing is that a block schedule, I know that it could be absolutely successful for someone because I know people that use the block schedules, but it just doesn't work for, it doesn't work for us. Yeah. So like you, it's better to like figure it out. That's why I like, I love looking up like different ways that people schedule out their day or do things. And I figured out that flexibility is a must for us.
0: I typically will throw four things on my plate for any given day. Like one thing in each of the four major areas that need my focus, the house, the admin business, the jewelry, the music and then media stuff. If we have media stuff, yeah. Um, and I guess that's kind of like a block schedule, but one of those things is usually the main priority uh, well, of uh, the four.
1: And uh, the uh, because right, Marty asked, what is a block schedule? So Marty, what you do is you uh, create these blocks, right? And you do twenty-four hours, twenty-four blocks, right? And so it'd be like twelve AM, one and and you write down when you sleep, typically, when you sleep, when if you you're gonna have breakfast, when you know, so you take a look, you're able to physically see how it is that you spend your time. Like mm-hmm. if you have a job, I work between this time and this time. It's good
0: to see, like have a visual representation of what you're doing with yeah. your time.
1: So I, you know, that's the benefit that we got from trying the block schedule was to have that visual representation, especially for me because I'm very visual, right? So I need to be able to see something in order to really understand what's going on. And the whole concept of 24 hours a day is very... You know, you're you're not you're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. So the block schedule really allows you to see like what what time you spend when doing whatever. And and what we did was we would color in. So like for blue would be like, this is our sleep time. This is when we get up and have coffee. This is, you know, studio time. This is this kind of time.
0: I think a block schedule is a really workable solution for a lot of people. And I would say that we are doing a version of it. It's just a looser version of it. It's a very
1: flexible version.
0: It's like a block framework. Yeah. Not a block schedule. Because blocking things down to the 15-minute increment or hour increment was actually adding an additional task into my day of like watching the clock and preparing to switch gears if that makes sense um and instead the block framework is like these are the four priorities and of these four priorities this this is the one that gets the star like this is the most or these are the two most important things And going from there, like yesterday we did an absolute megaton of things, Mm -hmm. um, but they just kind of flowed into each other because we just like, it was loose. So keeping it loose, but I think trying these different things out and seeing what works for you.
1: And that's the thing. It's like, try not to be, you know, for me, it's like not being specific. And I've said it before, right? Because a block schedule deals with time. So that's great because you're able to take a look at how it is that you spend your time. I however am terrible at managing time and I think everybody out there is terrible at managing time because time is relative like you know sometimes it feels like you have a lot sometimes it feels like you don't have enough and I think really it's that's why for me it's the, you know giving yourself four things to do knowing full well that you might accomplish some more things as you do them you write them down but you know Shan Shan asked um When do you talk about it on a typical day? Usually when we're having coffee, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll be like, what's going on today? Um, How do you communicate? Through words. We speak.
0: (laughs) If Klee has a show, can you see it on her calendar? I mean, Um, we
1: each – so we each have our own planner, mm -hmm. right? And when we sit down and we talk about, like, what's going on this week, we'll both fill in whatever is going on in our separate planners.
0: That way we each know – What's going on for each of us. Yeah. Like, I know Rafi has a podcast coming up later this week that it's just him, but I need to know that he's doing that so that I can plan accordingly. Right. And so on and so forth. So, yeah, we usually do discuss that in the morning or sometimes at night while dinner is cooling off or whatever. Um, We'll talk briefly about the upcoming day. You know, the next day or the next couple of days.
1: Yeah. And if there's like a big project, like with the workshop, we'll talk about the workshop. We're talking about, you know, and, and stuff like that. Or it'll be, it'll be something where on Mondays, Mondays typically we'll talk about, give a loose idea. What the week is. Of what the week is going to look like for me. And then Clee will let me know what the week is going to look like for her. And then we try to schedule things so that we're in the same room.
0: We try. (laughs) It doesn't always work out, but it does because we're making efforts to do so. And on occasion, one of us will be like, um, you know, like, can I get a powwow about this? Because like uh, yesterday or the day before I said, like, I need to figure out how to get some studio time. Like I need studio time badly, yeah. So can we like sort it out between going out and promoting for the workshop, going on supply runs, getting and getting getting the,
1: getting the workshop day nailed yeah. down, um, you know, because right now we have that workshop in October, so that's taking up and it feels quite like, like it's time. tomorrow,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Shan Chan wanted to know, like, does lunch throw you off or breaking? Um, no, no, it doesn't.
1: No, we got, we got very used to, um, when, when you get into studio and you're working on something, there comes a point where you're like staring at the thing and you're like, uh, oh, no, 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 or like whatever. And, and there, there comes a point where it's almost like you're telling yourself, you know what? That's good enough for right now. And then we would take a 50, 10, 10 to half an hour, sometimes an hour, Break after that. And what I'll do is I'll look at Clea and I'll be like, um, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go drink some water, sit on the and porch And sometimes I'm like, I'll
0: be with you shortly. Yeah,
1: and she'll be like, I'll be with you shortly. <laughs> some- or Clea will be like, I'm ready for a break. Yeah.
0: Um. And then we'll, we'll sit outside anytime that we can. I used to get real sluggish after lunch when I worked, a corporate side hustle. Um, but I don't so much now that we're like – running the show. But also, because I know myself, I also know that, like, if I eat lunch, like, in the traditional sense, I may get sleepy. So I typically don't eat lunch. I mean... I like, eat, like, I'll eat, like, a handful of sunflower seeds. So here, like-
1: <laughs> so here's something to know about our eating schedule. We eat when we're hungry. Yeah. Like, there isn't, like, lunchtime is scheduled, you know, that I... I just um, – I think since I left the corporate world, it was like I don't want to have a time to eat because a lot of times you just eat because it's the Cause time to eat. it's time to, to eat.
0: eat and they tell you when it's time to eat. Yeah. So
1: it will be more along the lines of like I think I'm going to go upstairs and make something because I'm starving right yeah. now or like I'm hungry. You know, it's like uh, – We've gotten to a point where we've trained ourselves to listen, you know, when our body is like, I'm hungry or I'm thirsty or whatever. And- Some
0: of you have heard my tummy growl at the end of a podcast or a live stream. I'm like, it is time.
1: It is time. Um,
0: Let's see. Valerie said, I really like the idea of the block schedule. I'll try this. It might really help me to see what I'm juggling. Yeah. yeah. Visualization it's- is everything for me. It's great.
1: And to be honest with you, it does so much more for breaking down the day because, you know, in in your schedule, like it's great because you could break down the week. Um, I always I recommend to everybody to have a five day planner or not a five day planner, a weekly planner, a weekly planner that where you could flip to one page and you have the full month. So you could kind of like, you know, like here is the month of September. And so things that are scheduled like the podcast and stuff like that is in here and then other things like people coming into town or there's an event going on Mm -hmm. right the monthly stuff where you could just kind of glance at it and you know what's going on and then the weekly stuff is where we plan things that being said we don't fill up the days right so if it's monday but i don't don't know if it's if you know that something's happening during the week then you put it on that day But mostly, like, you sit there and you plan your day that you're in on that
0: day. And that includes your studio time and your self-care. And um, I cannot – I would not accomplish anything without a planner. Like, I would not – I would not be able to function Here's without it.
1: The, I think the most important thing, you guys, is that your planner is not your task master.
0: It's your friend.
1: It's your friend, right? So that's why if... So you guys have heard me say the Fantastic Four list. I'll go ahead and, and tell you exactly what it is for anybody that hasn't heard that before. You write down the four things that are a priority for you to get done today, right? Or something that needs to happen. Um, you work on that list Once you're done with those four things, then it's basically a wild card. Then at that point, you could work on whatever. But let's say you get two of them done and the other two you don't get done. That's fine. You move those two to the top of the list the next day, and then you add an additional two to the bottom of that list. That means that no matter what, let's say that you're having an off day and you don't get things done, you're going to get at least those four things done that week. Mm -hmm. Chances are you'll get a lot more done, but it it just, you don't want to be like, this has to happen today, and if it doesn't happen today, then I'm a loser. You don't want to do that. Like, get rid of all that, all the stuff that comes with that, you know, the, the all the punishment that comes with, like, not getting things done on time. Get rid of all that crap. Like, you, this is designed, a planner is designed to just remind you of what you want to get done, so that you're not so not it's not like inside your head, and you're trying Rattling to juggle around. it with a bunch of other things.
0: On hand said, "I like what you're saying about planning according to priority." Yeah. Marty said, "These are great ideas. I know myself well enough that I have to try and be loose, or I rebel. And yes. It might lead to nachos and Netflix."
1: Exactly. And you know what? There are days where I have looked at Klee and been like, "You know what? I'm not doing shit today." Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, and that's me rebelling from myself and being like, I'm not doing anything because I think there comes a point where you want to prove there is that side of you that wants to prove to you that, Hey, I don't need to be on all the time. I don't need to be on all the time. I don't need to be doing anything that's going to stress me out. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality of it. Whether or not you have things going on or not, like you don't need to have anything stressing you out.
0: Uh, I also think I just want to interject that a planner helps you some kind of visual representation of what you have going on helps you communicate with other people, whether it's clients or it's community um, or people just want to know if you're available. Right. Can you come to our um, board meeting or can, can you can you attend this opening or can you this and that or you just need to like. Put your family member in check who's like, you never have time, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. you are be like, this is what I got going on. I'm available on Saturday at 4 p.m., you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, To just really know where you are so that you don't overcommit or overextend yourself or miscommunicate, right? Double book yourself and then have to, like, cancel on somebody. It just really, like, v- represent your day visually somehow, yeah. I think, is, like, hugely important.
1: Shan Shan says, as an ex-planner addict, I have to say, use your planner, but don't spend all your time drawing and decorating it. I love, I love doing, I love doing, I have little sketches throughout the planner. And I'll keep things in here like this is this is me. Uh, There's a picture of me (laughs) sitting on the throne as Henry VIII for the bathroom. So I do I do love the idea of adding a little little something something to it. But, yeah, don't spend all your time decorating it.
0: Ginny said my deep dive creative time arrives naturally after 730 p.m. and then suddenly it's 230 in the morning. Also, they say it's a psychological trick to make your bed each day to start and end in an organized, space.
1: yeah, yeah, yes,
0: I, I've become fond of the ritual.
1: For me, I think that that's a big part of it. Is like I need to have my reset time. So, for example, with like videos or anything that's going on on the computer, I need to reset my desktop. Right? Mm. I am horrible. I, it's, everything's on my desktop. You're a
0: monster. I
1: am so like <laughs> I have to like reset my desktop, cleaning up the house, just picking up a little bit every day to help me reset the space also in the studio, like between projects, I have to reset my space Mm -hmm. because I think that when you have clutter going on around you, it just adds to the turmoil Mm -hmm. and you want to, you want to eliminate the clutter. Um, That's why right now with all the messages that we're getting and stuff like that, you know, like our inboxes are crazy. So that's, that's part of the re of, of the reevaluation now of like, okay, this needs to be, Not what it is right now, because when you have any kind of clutter, it does. So, yeah, making the bed, making the bed is, is that's a great, that's a great way to get your day started because then it's done.
0: Mm hmm. I'm enjoying sticky notes. This is from Marty. I'm enjoying sticky notes on a big desk calendar hung in front of me. I can move, crumble, check mark, etc. I love it. And then morning coffee is for detail planning that day. I love that kind of visual representation. Yep. and you can have fun with with how you visually represent your day or how you organize in general. And I think the the mistake in the past, was looking for a one-and-done-forever solution that was going to work.
1: Gail says, believe me, once you're 65, you have to write in on a planner.
0: (laughs) I feel you. Um, I've always been that way. I'm going to say what I said again. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. The mistake was looking for a one-and-done-forever solution that was always going to work for all time. And understanding that, like, you've got to try things, and they they may or may not work and if they work they may work for a while and then stop working and then you may need to try other things because you're dynamic you're not a two-dimensional character
1: No no and it's so. it's going to change and life happens and you got to move things around and you you have to you're going to change and evolve and have different ways this is the same thing as motivating yourself like there isn't a one and done like oh this thing that I do motivates me and it works every single time like you're going to be you're a dynamic Creature, so like you're going to experience moments where that thing is isn't going to work, mm-hmm. and then you got to try something else, and try something else, and try something else until you hit on something. And so I think with all these, with all the tools that we talked about, that's, in my opinion, um, taking a look at how you spend your time is important. And you know, one of the things that I'm going to do with this reevaluation is look at how am I spending my time, and then which portions of that are the thing that are stressing me out because I need to eliminate that or change my perspective on it mm-hmm. completely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah.
0: I think that's a good spot to cap this off.
1: I think so, too. I think so, too. And
0: if there's anyone externally making you feel, like, bad or pressuring you, um, use your visual representation to tell them to back off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Draw a little picture of a bird and then give it to them.
0: <laughs> like... Sorry, I don't have to, I don't have room in my planner for your drama. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
1: that's that, that's a good place to end. Yeah, so thank you guys for being here. Uh, the rogue family is so awesome. Amazing. I always love reading your comments. You guys on are our the podcast. best. Uh, on hand said, I've learned it helps to pad my time estimates too. Yes, ten minutes, ten minutes extra. extra to get out of the house. 10 minutes extra to park, stuff for like that. For sure. Yeah.
0: For sure. I mean,
1: I lived in Chicago, and usually I padded, like, an extra hour for parking. I
0: don't know how you don't pad your time. Like, how you can't, you can't. That's, people who are late don't pad their time. True. That's what happens. Yeah,
1: that is true. Because you
0: have to, you're going to have to pee before you leave the house. You're going to have to find your keys and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I like it. Pad your time. Pad that's, your time. That's good. Thank you for adding that at the <laughs> yes. end here. All right, so thank you so much uh, to the Rogues. Thank you so much to everybody at home listening to this. You guys are all absolutely amazing, and I totally adore you. And, hey, if you like this podcast and you are listening to us for the first time and want to subscribe, um, there should be a subscribe or follow or thing button, wherever it is, whatever platform you're listening to this on. A
0: thing button. A
1: thing button, yeah. And other than that, I think it's time to say bye. Say goodbye, Clee. Good day. Adios. Duh, duh, awesome.